I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Oh, Rush Nation, before we get into today's show, here's a word from this week's partner. Hi, I'm Renee. Hello, I'm Simon, and together we're writing a very British guide to American football. Our aim is to increase the number of fans of this exciting game with the ultimate goal of having a UK-based NFL team. Our Beginner's Guide is aimed at anyone you know who doesn't understand what all the fuss is about. Someone you would love to share your passion for the game with. It's going to be different, it's going to be quirky, and it's going to be fun. And it will be very British. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Does that mean it will also be stuffy, uptight, and repressed? No. And it won't be over-emotional and loud like some Americans I know. Huh. No longer will friends and family say, I don't get it. Why do those sissies with helmets and pads keep stopping? Our guide will be full color illustrated and cover the basics such as rules and gameplay, but it will also discuss American football culture and differences to soccer and rugby, plus a glossary of terms and something super awesome. Yes, included will be a pull-out fun survival guide that they can take maybe to the stadium and be able to follow the game sufficiently after reading in about 10 minutes. So visit us on verybritishguide.co.uk, on Twitter at VeryBritishNFL, or Facebook by searching VeryBritishNFL. Take our survey on our website to be entered in a draw for a free copy of the book when it comes out next year. Thanks for listening. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. It's Tuesday, Rush Nation, and you know what that means. News, 
waivers, winners and losers, and Murph on the street. What's happening, Rush Nation? So stoked to be here this week. Another massive week in the Five Yard Rush podcast. Today, I'm joined by Murph. Big Dog, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, matey. How about yourself? Yep, buzzing, buzzing. Just, I can't wait for the next couple of days. It's going to be unreal. Mate, next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But There's it all... so much going on at the moment. It's brilliant. And uh, we're sharing it all with you as and when we can drip stuff down. So um, stay tuned for what is going on. But things are really rolling and it's fantasy playoff season. It's nearly Christmas. Don't start on fantasy playoff season. Okay. Don't get me started on that. Mention today's show, what's going on. Standard Tuesday. Thursday, got another guest coming on. Not going to tell you who until Thursday, so like Murph says, stay locked. Going to start today's show with some breaking news. James Connor picked up a ankle injury at the weekend. Uh, yeah, so it was initially described as a lower leg uh, contusion. Yep. And it has now been described as an ankle, it's a sprained ankle. Right, and he's going to miss this weekend's game. So we might as well do a wave up quick, so you can grab him early doors if you listen to this before waivers process and go get Jalen Samuels he came in the weekend I think he had three carries uh, three catches as well for 10 yards something like that Murph that was uh, yeah a little bit over that 25 yards on five touches and he also got a TD oh right nice did not know that so yeah go get put your maximum claim I think this is your playoff push really if you're not playing for the playoffs then we'll talk about that later but if you are in the playoffs making a push Put the remainder of your fab on Jalen Samuels because he'll get you in. There's also a little added bonus for those that play on Yahoo. Yeah, Yahoo is still a thing, believe it or not. So those that play on Yahoo Football, he's actually tight end eligible. So they might update it through the week, but as it stands right now, he is still um, available. So you could have the Steelers' number one running back in your tight end slot, and we've been talking for weeks how tight end has been decimated, got decimated more over the weekend. Like, that would be absolutely nuts that you could play him in your tight end slot. Yeah. Well, it, it, it makes him a top three tight end, really, considering points-wise. Yeah, top three or four, outside of, you know, Ertz, Kittle, and uh, Kelsey, maybe Gronk, that's sort of it. So, unless you have one of those four, he's straight in. So, yeah, definitely spend all the budget... Um, even if you're bottom of the league, um, I'm in a league where I'm not going to make the playoffs. I'm just claiming everybody. Yeah, just if nothing else, just to wind everyone up. It's not. Part, it's not just that. It's part of the fun as well. Like it's exactly part. That. that is fantasy football. When and, it, and there's the losers playoff in in that league. There's a losers playoff, so it's still something to play for. It's to avoid last place, um, which I'm not sitting in. But um, you know, I picked Spencer Ware up in that league really early. Followed the advice of. Us yesterday or last week picked him up. Looked like an absolute <laughs> god on Friday. Everyone's gone to check. Oh, is Spencer Ware available? And we'll come on to why. Although you probably already know. Um, and he's already there. He's he's in my roster and uh, straight in, plugged in as a as an RB. And you beat me to it, which doesn't happen often. No. Uh, I'm going to play the have a son handicap card. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of which, would just like to big up my wife, Ems. She is doing an absolutely sterling job as a first-time mother. Yeah, and right. yeah, so I, what she what she goes through on a daily basis is phenomenal. It's a full-time job, 24-7. Even when I get up in the middle of the night, she's awake checking. And yeah, So I know you don't listen and you have zero interest in my <laughs> recreational hobbies. <laughs> but big up to you, Mrs. Mitch. Right, Murph, let's hit some news. 
Yeah, so I guess we start off with uh, there were sort of two big things that happened in the NFL. I think we go down um, the more professional route first, which was uh, Mike McCarthy. We said it weeks ago, he was on a, a very hot seat. Um, after a loss to the Cardinals, Mike McCarthy has been relieved of his duties as Green Bay Packers coach. Um, I think the only shock for me was that it happened mid-season. I think this is the first time in franchise history that the that the uh, Packers have fired a coach <laughs> mid-season. Yeah, I can't help it, fans. You can't help I it. I can't help it. It's wishful thinking. Um, so, yeah, uh, Joe Philbin. So he he was the OC there originally during the playoff run. Um, I think he was on the Colts. I know he was the Miami head coach for a couple of years as well before he came back to Green Bay. He's been placed as interim coach. It's interesting because he actually hasn't been calling the plays. It's been McCarthy. So it could be a whole new offense. Could be. Um, It's really interesting. Green Bay just haven't looked at it for weeks. Um, They've really been sliding. I mean, to lose to Arizona with... You know, people can make excuses with injuries. Every every squad in the league has injuries. This is December in the NFL. Um, they they haven't lost that many crucial elements of their team. They've still got Rodgers. They've still got their wide receiver core that they had at the start of the season, except for um, Randall Cobb. He's probably the only piece. Um, still got a, a fully-fledged running game that they cannot work out how... Jamal Williams is still getting carries in that. It's just it, it mind blowing. For that alone, you've got to be fired. <laughs> so Mike well. McCarthy loses his job. Um, I don't know what this is going to mean going forward. I guess it can only be good because there's nothing in there. But I think the advice from me would be: if you got Rogers, you've got to play him. If you got Devontae Adams, I'm sure he'll be fine. If you got Aaron Jones, great. I would just literally sit everybody. I just yeah. wouldn't bother if you were hanging on. I mean, Dynasty's different if you've got an MVS or um, Equity and St. Brown, then fine. You know, keep them. But yeah. there shouldn't be in any sort of discussion to put in your lineup for the fantasy playoffs. No, thank you. And after their D's dreadful performance against Arizona, in which Shocking. we sort of picked them up. I had them everywhere. I had them in every single lineup without fail. I got them in all six of my leagues. And they just like like my wide receiver core just didn't even bother to turn up. Really frustrated. That is disappointing. Yeah. Moving on, the Panthers have fired multiple assistant coaches. <clears throat> excuse me, including defensive line coach Brady Hoke and cornerbacks coach Jeff Inamura. Imamura, apologies. Yeah. So Cleaning House. You got a new owner there, um, who took over this year. Um who came from a very corporate sort of finance world, uh, David Tepper. So as a result, he um, he clearly wants return on the invest- his investment. He's uh, paid a lot of money for the side. As you would. As you would. And I think Ron Rivera's Riverboat Ron is, is in a lot of trouble. They, they It's sort of come out that actually he's been calling the plays. He called the plays um, in Sunday's loss to the Buccaneers. So I think i tell you what, They've lost four straight. They don't look good. Um, Cam throwing four picks. He doesn't look healthy. He got benched for the Hail Mary pass. Yeah. So there's something. he He's dropped his... He's traditionally a, a, a real dual threat, but he didn't have many rushing plays on Sunday. Um, he's not throwing the ball over 15 yards. And when he did, he got one to Christian McCaffrey. He underthrew it, which is so unlike Cam. I'm not a big Cam fan, but you can't... Uh, question his ability with his strength 
um, given the size he is. So I, th- I think there's real problems there. They've had to clear a bit of house, and I mean they've got they got the Browns this week. And I'll tell you what, they don't win that turtle, then they're, they're done because they got New Orleans twice in the final three games. And the Bucks, they play the Bucks again. No, 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 no. We've played twice, so we split the series. They beat us. That was we were their last win. So we've right. had enough time on their losing skid for them to lose all their games and then avenge that loss. So they're in a bit of trouble. And I I like Riverboat Ron, believe it or not. I'm not a big Panthers lover. They're a divisional rival, but I, I actually think he's a very good coach. But he is an old school defensive coach. And the way the NFL is going, and if you're a new owner, do you want that in your in your team? Or do you want to play this exciting brand of football and... I actually think the Panthers' offense this year has been great. Um, So it's interesting about what will happen there. So I think we're both wrong. Is in some trouble. It's the first step for me. Yeah, so we just mentioned James Conner. We won't go over that again. Uh, Kareem Hunt got himself in a spot of bother. Yeah, it's it's a shame because, you know, there, there was a part of me that had to really turn my fantasy football brain off. I was obviously... You know, people were in the leagues were talking about it, and we were getting a lot of messages. And I was saying how I'd picked up Spencer Ware in a lot of places. Um, I picked him up on Wednesday. It wasn't for anything like this. I didn't know anything like this was going to happen. We would have mentioned it, but in the NFL, anything is possible. There's a, now reports coming out today that there was an incident in the January as well. Um, it's just sad that the league. I don't know why this has only come out now. I think that's the the really sad thing that this is something that happened ten months ago and we're only just hearing about it. Yeah, uh, the league knew about it. There were some questions. He didn't tell the truth. That's why the Chiefs have cut him. If he had told the truth, would he have stayed in the in the league like like Tyreek Hill? Would the Chiefs have kept him? I don't know. Possibly. I mean, they did with Hill. Um, I think it's more of the honesty situation within the team as opposed to. NFL regulations, a bit like the Zeke thing that the ban was always coming, but Zeke admitted, well, didn't admit, but he stood by his conviction that he didn't do it, and yeah, he got a six-game ban, but the team stood by him, and the NFL stood by their six-game policy, and I think if he'd have been honest at the beginning, we may have seen a ban, but the Chiefs, uh, he's a perennial talent, I mean, we've seen it for the last two seasons now, You you don't get rid of somebody like that for... I mean, obviously, we're not promoting domestic violence whatsoever, but it, it, it happened in the league before, so for them to get rid of him is a distrust on their part, I think. But I don't think this story's finished. As I mentioned, there's another report, there's another incident, there's reports in the past. I think the, the issue you have here is, is that obviously the trust was gone. They cut him. He did an interview on Sunday. He said they were, he, they were right to cut him. He made it through waivers with no claims. He is a free agent. I tell you now, if he gets signed by somebody, he's going to have a year ban. 100%. Because there's going to be more than one incident. Um, So if someone takes a chance on him, that first year he's not playing. Or if he does, he plays a couple of games. He's getting at least a 10, if not a year ban, because it's going to be multiple offences. And I think for someone to take him on, it's going to be a big, big ask and I'm not really sure I think a lot more will come out and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens I hope that he gets the help he needs and I hope that we don't have to talk about this anymore because it's not nice talking about 
fancy football and the NFL. I, I know that we, you know, I follow other sports and this sort of thing just doesn't really happen in other sports nearly as frequently as it happens in the NFL. And I think when you're, I think it, it goes from the bottom up. You make these people superstars from such a young age, from 16, 17, but you're not paying them until they're, you know, 22. Maybe if they come out early, maybe a little younger, 21, 20. And it just all of a sudden it all goes to the head. There's no advisory. There's no, and I'm not saying this is everybody. It's a really small minority, but it's that culture seems to breed a little bit in the NFL. And I think it's something that needs to be looked at from the top down because we shouldn't be having this many reports. Absolutely not. Staying with the Chiefs, they lost Kareem Hunt in Sunday's win versus the Raiders. Ware came in, looked okay, scored a touchdown, but they've tried CJ Anderson and have signed Tarkandrick West. Now West knows the system, was with the team two years ago as Spencer yeah. Ware's backup. Um, I've seen in a couple of people, a couple of leagues, people jumped out and grabbed him early and it's not a terrible move handcuffing the handcuff because if Ware does go down, then West is the next man up. Well, they've got another player there as well. I think it's Damian Williams is there. So I think Chandrick West is, is, is an RB3. I don't think he's going to get a lot of time. I no. wouldn't necessarily think about it. It's worth noting that CJ Anderson actually had a really good workout. They actually thought it was a really positive workout. It just didn't. They went with West because he knows the system. It's that, that lead time isn't isn't there that perhaps um, CJ Anderson might have needed. And we're talking about an RB3 here. So I think West is not someone you should ever look at unless you get more ridiculousness that could happen, I suppose. But I don't think at the moment he's someone that's on my on my eye. Nope. my list of people to pick up. Moving on to Washington. Two broken legs in two weeks. Poor Colt McCoy. He's done for the season. Yeah. Just, I mean, he finally gets his chance and feel for the kid. I mean, he sat behind people for his whole career and it's unfortunate, I suppose. He was looking positive as well. It's It's not even like he was just out there and he was just doing nothing. It was a case of he was out there and he was making plays and and doing everything he can, and it was getting better. And I think they might have had a chance, might have had a slim chance of the playoffs, and we'll talk about this in a bit. But I may have changed my mind. I think that extinguishes their their playoff hopes, and it is it is a shame because he comes across as an, as a really eloquent, really nice guy, yeah. and you feel for him. But on the flip side, you know, we talked about Mark Sanchez, and we've had a little <laughs> bit of a a running joke of it and um not a joke now fans well it's not and and i think you know people make fun of mark sanchez for a, a butt fumble when he was at um when he was at the jets and yeah he, you know it's unfortunate <laughs> you fumble with with your butt but <laughs> <laughs> i think at the end of the day the one thing about it and he didn't show what i liked in this game is you got to remember mark sanchez has been there a week so he's not had time to learn the playbook the scheme and he's gone straight out there with no training camp, with no real time to work with anybody. And also, he's been practicing with the twos. So he's not been out there with the premium receivers and the premium you know, starting team. He's been working with the backs and, and the backups and, and the practice squad. So he's not had time to really utilize it. And yes, okay, he throws for 100 yards, but his completion rate wasn't bad. And he throws one pick. And it's not great, but it happens. I think... There weren't that many players schemed for him, and I think there will be now. And I think he will actually show the league now what he can do. 
I just don't think there's enough time for him to get to the level he needs to get to for them to deliver a lot of wins. But I think it'll be a positive chance for him for to get a job for next season, whether that's with the Redskins or, or somewhere else. Yeah, moving on. My boy AJ Green came back from a foot-toe injury and pretty much instantaneously re-injured that toe. Was crying as he was carted off the field. He's been seen in a boot and he's been placed on the IR pending surgery. I don't don't get why he's back. No, I mean they have nothing to play for. You don't bring back your star player, and everybody in a fantasy, selfish fantasy way, everybody played him because he was back and he got one point eight points in PPR, I think, and he hurt a lot of teams. So, do you, do you know what that move says to me? Marvin Lewis is on the hot seat. Yeah, we we need we need wins is what that move says. That right? is, I need two or three wins to keep my job, and I've got to play my best players. And you can somewhat understand that. Well, Murph, you mar- you mentioned Marvin Lewis. I'm going to bring him up later. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll leave you to to talk about him later. But I think he's on a hot seat, like many coaches at the moment. And I I think that seat should be burnt, and he should fall through it. But we'll talk about that. You can take the next one. It's college based. Crack on. Yeah. So um, the Heisman Trophy. Finalists were announced. So two of, of Alabama, uh, Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray, were named as the finalists uh, for the Heisman Trophy. Now, um, Tua has kind of been ear, earmarked for this award all season, but actually Kyler Murray, and we talked about this a little bit uh, previously on the pod, um, he's the Oklahoma quarterback, so he's uh, Baker Mayfield's replacement, as you will. Um he actually looks like now he's probably going to win it because of the the types of games that he has won and the way that he's won them. He's had to win shootouts. He's had to come from behind. Um, he's put up some unbelievable stats. He's going to be one of the first quarterbacks to average, um, you know, over 60 yards rushing every game uh, oh. with 300 yards passing. I think he's going to be the first person in, in the history of college football to do that in Division One ball or whatever it's now called. So, um, but... You probably won't see Kyler Murray in the uh, in the NFL anytime soon because he uh, was drafted in the MLB draft to sign for the Oakland A's. He got a $4 million signing bonus. And as a result of that, he's set to report to spring training uh, next summer. So, and I think if you've been given that kind of money up front and he's been paid that money, and I think if you... If you're looking at the two sports and you're already getting that kind of money in baseball, you're probably for career health you'll probably stick with baseball yeah no doubt I know I'd rather be a pitcher than a quarterback well so he's an outfielder so is he he's not a pitcher I've no, no, no. he's a pitcher no 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 so he's, he's an outfielder so he's actually more known he's not the best at, uh, he's not got a great batting average it's not bad but it's not anything that's gonna um, you know get him in all stars or anything like that but he's a very very strong defensive player we're talking about someone who could potentially if they fulfill it uh, win you know, gold gloves and with their defensive play. He's supposed to be an elite defensive talent. And uh, also back to the old school style of baseball, very quick on the bases, steals a lot of bases. We're getting into baseball talk. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but yeah, ultimately, I don't think we'll see him in the NFL. But I do think he will win the Heisman Trophy. So be, and he deserves it for me, if I had to vote. Um, but Dwayne Haskins is definitely someone you will see in the NFL draft this year. Um, and I think he's a potential first rounder. Tua, I think you will see in the 2020 draft. I think he plays next year for Alabama. So stack your 2020 picks because that class is going to be fire. Well, I think, uh, yeah, everyone will be trying to get the one pick and, and getting him. He is probably the best quarterback I've seen in college in the last 25 years. Yeah, so 
Got to rattle through these next bits. Yeah. Panthers tight end Greg Olsen has suffered a ruptured patella fascia during the loss to the Bucks and is out for the season. He's done. Mention on his replacement a little bit later. Now, the LA Rams are the first team in 2018 to punch its ticket to the postseason. The Rams clinched the NFC West division title on Sunday with a win over the hapless Lions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, congratulations. I bet... This shows me that the NFC West is just a poor division. Any any team that can clinch a division after 12, 12 13 weeks is after 12 games is a joke. <laughs> I mean, not even the Patriots have won their division yet, and that's a hapless division. So That's true. Um, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Moving on, Atlanta team owner Arthur Blank has said he hasn't lost faith in head coach Dan Quinn and general manager Thomas Dimitrov after f- falling to 4-8 and eight following the a loss to the Ravens. Yeah, I don't even know if he's Russian. Must be of some sort of descent. Must be. Yeah. Uh, apologies if you're not, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they looked pretty average against the Ravens. Uh, They've been average for a few weeks now. I think ever since the the Browns humbled them, really destroyed them. They just Matt Ryan looked like a, he looked like he was playing as well as he did in his MVP year. Certainly doesn't look anywhere like that now. Julio Jones looks lost. I'm not saying he's not trying at all because he is, but they can't get the ball to him. Calvin Ridley's gone missing. Uh, Tevin Coleman is awful. I mean, he's not back next season, so... Um, he's not done his fantasy stock any good dynasty-wise no. whatsoever. No, I think uh, I think that they've had a lot of injuries, and that and that will be the def- that will be the defense for Dan Quinn. That well, our our defense got shot, but oh, man, they look awful, and we've got them on the last game of the season, and. I'm looking at that thinking. Tasty. I'd like yeah, I'd like to, like to play that game now, I think. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, you know, But they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. And they've fallen a long way. I do think the OC could potentially lose his job here. Yeah. So he's definitely on the hot seat. Another one that potentially could lose their jobs. I think Black Friday is going to be busy. Black Monday even. Black Friday. No one likes Black Friday. No one, yeah. <laughs> that is busy. I tell you what, no one likes Black Monday more. No, that's true. Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian will watch out. Yes. Yeah, Julio killed me. I got one point six or something. Yeah, he killed me in a couple yeah, of places. It's brutal. Yeah, but then if you're a wide receiver, you can't operate with that quarterback. No. And Matt Ryan has left me in a real pinch in a couple of my leagues where I'm into the playoffs and now don't have a quarterback. I'm planning to dump him. I'm planning to dump him. He's he's my backup quarterback in one league, and I'm planning to dump him and take a gamble on someone. Okay. Because I can't see him playing him over who I've got a QB one. Yeah, well, he's my QB one. I have him or Lamar Jackson. Yeah, play, playing Jackson from now on. And that's coming from me. Yeah, the Ravens schedule is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good moving forward. Uh, where are we at now? So, yeah, Ohio State's coach, head coach? Yep, head coach. Head coach Urban Meyer is to retire after the Rose Bowl. I saw you talking about this earlier on one of our chats, Murph. Anything else to add? Yeah, so he's got a cyst on the brain. So um, he left Florida. So he was the head coach of Florida, won two national titles with Tim Tebow. Um, so he was Tim, T- Tim Tebow's coach and he left Florida because of this um, really strange I don't know it's an illness condition whatever you want to call it um, and basically it's, it's stress induced so the worse it gets he gets headaches he's looked very frail and he just you know he'll go down as probably one of the if not the greatest sort of all time college head coach he'll certainly be in the conversation um, he's had some controversy this year he was involved in one of his staff was accused of domestic violence and we won't go down that route and well it wasn't just accused it was proven and he sort of defended him ouch so 
Um, it's 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 sad to see it, it go like this. Ohio State finished fifth in the country, so missed the playoffs. So they'll have one last hurrah. A lot of their players won't turn up for the bowl because they're seniors. So what happens happens. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot of talk that Urban Meyer would have had a better chance in the NFL. I don't know, but yeah, it's an end of an era. That's why I put it in here. I know it's not really NFL relevant, but uh, it's an end of an era because he he was always a sort of a really top coach. Um, he is the sort of he is on the level of Nick Saban, who I'm sure everyone has heard of. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if everyone who listens. Well, he coached in the NFL, so. Ah. Well, to all you young listeners like myself, Nick yeah. Saban is a name you would have had to learn recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final bit of news: uh, first-year wide receiver Christian Kirk, Arizona rookie, has been placed on the IR with a foot injury. This is a shame, as he was starting to see targets from Rosen. Yeah, um, it's it another makes, injury. Yeah, it makes Larry Fitzgerald slightly more feasible as a wide receiver two slash three, just because of the targets he's going to get. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, yeah. The Arizona Cardinals are floundering at the moment. But got a great win at Green Bay, which yeah. nobody saw coming. So it's interesting. That That's the sort of win that will keep Steve Wilkinson's job. It could fire them up for the remaining couple of games. It could it? do. I think if they get to four wins, maybe five, potentially they could they could keep Wilkes. Having said that, you know, what is not helped is their draft position. They were in the hunt. It was them and the 49ers for the, for the one for the number one pick and getting Nick Bosa who is a generational talent and they have done their chance to that absolutely no good at all <laughs> no whatsoever so it's interesting but you're not allowed to tank so yeah talking of not tanking I'm not mentioning any names you tank again next week and I'm taking all this season's draft picks off you there's no messing about that's what's happening. I'm not in this league, so yeah, well, but you were telling me about it, and I tell you what. And do you know what? He lost by like if he played all his good point players, he'd have won by three points, and then if he then beat next week's competition, he would have been in the playoffs. So oh, more for you, Mental Stewart. <laughs> so it's three quarters of the way through the season. We might as well do a little prediction for the playoffs. Yeah. So just to for all our listeners who are maybe new and have come on the last couple of weeks, we did a halfway prediction. We went through. All the teams in detail, we're not going to do that. Um, it's pretty close to the end of the season. The picture's pretty clear, but we just wanted to tell you where we were from week eight and then sort of where we are now. So we had at week eight, the playoff picture for the NFC was the Rams with the one seed, New Orleans with the two seed. We predicted the winner of the NFC North and we went with the Packers. So interesting. Um, <laughs> we went with the Eagles in the four pick. Um, Carolina and the Redskins getting the wild cards. And then the AFC, we went with the Chiefs winning the one pick, the Patriots with the two, the Steelers with the three, the Texans with the four, the Chargers with the five, and the Ravens were our sneaky bet for the sixth when they were at a losing record at the time. So, Yeah, I mean, the NFC playoff picture, not a lot's changed. It's still Rams, New Orleans, one and two. Then we've got the Bears in at three. Um which was the NFC North winner, we just picked the wrong winner. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm giving us partial credit on that. No, we no, did... yeah. We, we sort of mentioned it briefly without actually mentioning it at all. So, yeah. But the one, the one we wrote off was the Cowboys. Yeah, and they have been... Well, Amari Cooper has spurred the side of the horse. They haven't the lost since that trade. Yeah. Haven't lost since the trade, so... I've lost since that trade because I traded him away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was the Bears, the Cowboys at four, then we've got Seahawks at five, and... This morning, 
before we saw, well, I guess yesterday actually, wasn't it? Yeah. We had, yeah, Murph had the Vikings and I had the Skins because I thought the Skins might still sneak in. And after last night's loss to the Eagles and Colt McCoy's injury, I, I think the Vikings should be our sixth pick. So, However, I will precursor this and say that if the Buccaneers run the table, no. which I absolutely do not believe will happen, then I believe they will get the sixth pick. Oh, fair play. And if they do, we'll actually get a cannon and shoot it through the studio wall. I, I might not be around for a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, 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 you'll be here. There's some big yeah. stuff going down. Yeah. And then the AFC, we've got the Chiefs, Patriots, uh, which was the same. The Texans have moved above the Steelers to three. The Steelers are at four. The Chargers are still at five. And the Ravens are at six. So it's just a little order change in the AFC. A little bit. I will say that there's actually one team that are really on my radar at the moment and that is your Denver Broncos yeah because their schedule is pretty easy yeah we need a couple of games to go our way I mean we need the Colts to win this weekend against the Texans yeah we need the Ravens to lose and we need the Patriots to beat the Dolphins this week yeah so I mean I I don't think the Dolphins are good enough anyway I think I think the 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 real key here is is that the Steelers and, and the Ravens are sort of half a game back of each other in the in the race for the uh, AFC North, and I think that's kind of the the game that, as it will start to unfold, you'll you'll need the team with the better record to win that, and it should be the Steelers at that point when they meet. So because they've got the Raiders next, nice. so assuming that that stays and both the Steelers and the Ravens win this week, Steelers will be half a game ahead of the Ravens. You'll need the Steelers to win that in order to catch up and overtake the Ravens. Right. Um, whereas if the Ravens win, you'll still be behind both. Gotcha. So I think. there's a little bit to do. Um, I think this is sort of the cleaner maths uh, on hand. But the one thing I would say could change is the one and is the Chargers could nick the division from the Chiefs because they play next week. Big game. Not there. this week, coming the week after. Um and that could divide, that could decide the division. Yeah, absolutely. No so doubt. that could change the ceilings a little bit. But I'm confident on the six teams that we've got on paper there, yeah. as we were then the same six teams that we had at week eight. So Should well be. done, us. Well, yeah, pat on the back. Pat on Thanks the back. I feel much. pretty good on that. So guys, it's got to that time of the week where it's waivers time. Now I don't know if everyone is aware, but Murph and I submit an article to all32.co.uk. Correct. Uh, with our waiver picks of the week, it is one from each position, and it's the. Pos- like the top pick from each position for that week and sometimes for the whole rest of the playoffs. But they are our strongest picks from each week. So if you go check out all32.co.uk, look for our waiver articles. They're our strongest pick from the week. Agreed? Yeah, it's worth noting that we submit that really early on a Tuesday. So our running back choice will actually be different in the podcast now. Yeah, for as sure. opposed to what we put there. And it's not that we've who we've suggested in the article is wrong or a bad move and it's not and if available I, I'm still very comfortable with, with which was Justin Jackson in a little sneak preview so I still feel good about that I still don't think that's a, a terrible play and if you end up with Justin Jackson you shouldn't be unhappy at all um, but I do think there are two better plays now with just some of the injury news that's come out we've spoiled you with Jalen Samuels which we talked about but there's another one in here that has changed since we've written the article and 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 this is the key thing. So we get some feedback from Twitter saying, you know, you guys are really good with your picks and um, we've had some real winners. And we very rarely, but sometimes people come back and say, oh, okay, that I picked this person up. It didn't do anything. 
again, the injury information is so key. We're doing this on a Tuesday evening, and we haven't had any real strong injury reports other than what we've heard from James Conner and Matt Breeder, which we'll get to. But there's injuries throughout the week. There's a lot of information that we don't have now that if we did this on a Saturday night, we'd be a lot more confident in what we're talking about, but the waivers go through on a Wednesday. So we're giving you the best information we can now um, to help you with your decisions tomorrow, but you should always have a contingency plan, and that's why we we give a deeper list than perhaps just one or two names. And that's why the article, whilst great, is not the whole story, which is why we ask people to listen as well. And Hopefully that's why you tune in, and hopefully you've won your league through the advice we've given. I will say on that, if you're listening to this before checking the article, you're doing it in the right order. <laughs> yeah, I go with that because it just the article is is everyone we name in here, um, but at the same token, there's just a bit more information that we don't go into due to time constraints. So yeah. check oh. out both though, and also big shout out to All Thirty Two. They're great. Um, I've been doing a Buccaneers article with them that I really enjoy. They have some really good conversational pieces, and they've just started a podcast where they're actually going to talk about some of the articles that get submitted and have a good debate on it as well so uh, big shout out to them you might hear more from them at some point this month we ho, will... ho 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 yeah so let's smash into the waivers yeah. mouth start with your quarterback i can't believe i've put this no in. me either i've just seen the name and this is <laughs> it, it, it hurts yes. it hurts me to say this but yes my boy's back josh allen <laughs> and and listen this is why fantasy football is so great is I'm not afraid to put in players I don't like if they're doing the job. I don't like Josh Allen as a quarterback. I like him as a person just fine, he's fine. But as a quarterback, <laughs> I don't I don't like him. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's got he's got an immensely strong arm that he can't angle in the right direction. What this kid can do though is he can run. Yes, he's got wheels. <laughs> and in the last two weeks he has been a QB one. He's been at the top of the rankings um, he was second only to Pat Mahomes this week, and the following week, then the week before, he was I think QB three, QB four on the week. So you're talking about the last two weeks. You're talking about a QB four or better. I can't ignore that. I have to get the name bias out of my head and what I think of the player and look at the production on the field. So he had 99 yards rushing in week 12. It was 101. He lost two yards to Neils, which I hate. And they should do something about that. Um, this week, he had a couple of passing touchdowns. All right, they didn't win the game. But he has been really, really, really elite in terms of the points that he's been getting from fantasy, even though he's not been elite in his play on the field. So ultimately, from a data perspective, he is worth an ad. Would I play him? He's taking on the Jets. Yeah, he is taking on the Jets. But... And he's only 5% owned. But I wouldn't put him in as a top 10 QB this week. And he's averaged 27.2 fantasy points in his last two games. Yeah. I mean, they're oh, great I, numbers. I really want to start Josh Allen this I, And week. that's the problem is, unless, you know, in some leagues I've got James Winston and he's playing the Saints. So, for me, James Winston is a better play than Josh Allen. But, I tell you what, if I'm feeling really, really in a gambling mood and think, do you know what? I need something special to 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 get into the playoffs. Or do you know what? If I'm already in the playoffs, I'd play him. If I just sit there and I'm already in the playoffs, I'd play him because I want to see what he does. It's speculative. I don't mind that. So definitely worth an ad. And do you know what? If for nothing else, if you've got a great quarterback already and you've got no plans to play him, then take him 
and don't let anybody else have him because you do not want to go out to the playoffs to Josh freaking Allen. <laughs> Dropping F-bombs on the pod. I said freaking. Yeah, I know. It's a family show. That's about as bad as it gets, folks. Um, <laughs> that has thrown me no end. So Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> At quarterback, I've got uh, two. Uh, my first one's Ryan Tannehill. He's only 4% owned. This is pretty speculative and don't suggest playing Ryan Tannehill. But, but... I don't really have a butt, actually. He's, he's thrown for 137 and 200 yards in his last two weeks. So his floor's average, and he's taking on the Patriots. The Dolphins cause the Patriots trouble, so we can only hope that the Patriots get up big and Tanner, who's forced to throw. Moving on to my actual quarterback of the week, okay. is Case Keenum. Now, he's 20% owned. I felt like under pressure there. Murph was rapidly shaking his head at me. and uh, yeah. There is absolutely no reason to pick up Josh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> Forget I just said that. <laughs> Moving on. Case Keenum is 20% owned. Now, he only threw for 151 yards and a touchdown against the Bengals, who are terrible. But he takes on a 49ers team that was absolutely decimated by Ryan Russell Wilson. They're a bottom 10 pass defence. I mean, they just get gashed by quarterbacks. And Emmanuel Sanders is playing pretty well this season. Cortland Sutton had a career-high four catches this week. That's, That's tragic. Yeah, that is tragic. But he's <laughs> trending in the right direction, yes. had a touchdown, and against the 49ers, I don't hate it. Can, can I make a note on this, though? Are we living in some weird upside-down universe that neither Case Keenum nor Jameis Winston are throwing picks? Um, like, what? what is going on in the NFL? If these two aren't throwing picks, why is anyone throwing a, an interception? Well, the answer to that is I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's a safe floor because he's not throwing those picks, and I don't see the 49ers picking him off. So that's where his safe floor is. But I would normally go against Keenan, but you're right in this play because he has got a safe floor. Okay. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you told me at the beginning of the season he was going to throw two picks a game, and at the moment he hasn't picked any, so I should have taken the under on that. And... Yeah, he should have. But we never had a bet on it because we're... We're gentlemen. Yeah, and I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> At running back, yeah, this. So I've gone with Justin Jackson. This article number one. He's twenty-one percent owned and looks to be the better back in San Diego, not San Diego, Los Angeles. <laughs> you did what I did last week. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I, and you're wearing the hat again. I am. Got <laughs> <laughs> it wrong. Yeah, I, I. I mean, the thing is, Eckler does not look like he can carry the workload. He didn't look like it in London. He didn't look like it this week. Justin Jackson's going to get touches. I think more importantly, I'm not sure Gordon comes back. At all. Not for the regular season. I don't know why you would. No, yeah, this mean, is this is the San Diego Chargers who every single LA. year is the LA Chargers. <laughs> oh, yeah. 18 years. Yeah. 18 years. Again, I point you towards my hat. Yeah, fair. Um, so, you know, the, the thing with the Chargers, every single year they fall apart. It's injuries, it's place kickers, it's special teams. Do you know what? They just need to have some sort of cleanse and don't play Melvin Gordon. I'd love him to play from a fantasy perspective, although I have him absolutely nowhere. But I just think the smart play is you've you've won one of your difficult games, which was against the Steelers without him. I think you can beat the Chiefs, potentially, mm-hmm. without him. And the rest of your games are pretty simple. So I think, I don't I don't see Gordon coming back. He might come back for that Chiefs game. But I, for me, I think Justin Jackson is going to have a lot of weight going into the rest of the season. Yeah. So, and he's definitely the goal line back because he's a bruiser. Yeah, but he's just he's quick, he's fresh. Uh, he's he's not had much influence in the opening sort of twelve thirteen games until this week. So, 
I think he's uh, he's a great play and a great add. Yeah, my second running back is Kenneth Dixon. He's only 11% owned. So who knew Kenneth Dixon would be fantasy relevant again? I mean, they signed uh, Ty Montgomery, and he doesn't look at all useful in their lineup. Yeah, he costs nothing. No, Alex Collins has been placed on the IR. Uh, Gus Edwards. Buck Allen. Yeah, Buck Allen. <laughs> Just everyone. Everyone is... Uh, I literally feel like you should go out there and get a, get a job as a Ravens running back, because they've got so many at the moment. Yeah, but Kenneth Dixon, they obviously have faith in him still after his misdemeanours and drug abuses and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, they're going to need somebody, and why not Kenneth Dixon? Well, he's a, he's a catching back. So, Gus, Gus the bus is just literally a, a, a north-south runner. He just runs up and down. He doesn't catch the ball. He can't catch it or whatever. So, at the end of the day, it's all down to Kenneth Dixon if they want to do something a bit different in the game. Yeah, man, for sure. Who have you got at running back? So we talked about Jalen Samuels already. He's 1% owned. Um, and I mentioned he's tight end eligible in Yahoo leagues. My other 1% owned back is Jeff Wilson Jr. Who? Jeff Wilson Jr. is a running back for the 49ers. Now, Matt Breeder is not going to play this week. So when Wilson came into the game, because he left in the first in the third quarter, Matt Breeder, Jeff Wilson in, in one half and maybe a little bit, had 134 combined yards from scrimmage. Hmm. And that is because Carl Shanahan is an absolute god when it comes to scheming for running backs. It doesn't matter who's in there. No one had heard of Matt Breeder coming into the season, and he's a potential Pro Bowl talent. That's true. So now you've got Jeff Wilson Jr., who is going to be the one running back. And yes, it's against Denver, and Denver have a good D, and they stop the run quite well. But Carl Shanahan just gets... He he gets his running backs to be elite and fantasy relevant. So, if you if you own Breeder, this is your number one waiver claim. If you don't own Breeder, you've got the pick of Jalen Samuels, who we think will be the back for one week. Justin Jackson, who I think is the longer term pick and probably more playoff safe. Or, Jeff Wilson, who Matt Breeder has been carrying injuries all season. And if he is going to be the back next season, depends what happens with Jarrett McKinnon. They might finally sit, Breeder, mm. and go for the number one seat because they're in prime position for it. Very true. So I think Jeff Wilson is that sort of wild card. I think, first of all, for this week, if you need him to get in, pick him up. But don't let somebody else get him because, well, he could go off in a Carl Shanahan offense. I like that. I like that. So for um, my wide receiver... No, sorry, I've got no, one more go running on. back, which was um, Damian Williams. I mentioned him earlier. He's the handcuff to wear. He's 24% owned, and okay, he only had 45 yards this week. Uh, Ware got 52 and a touchdown. Um, I think he will get some playing time. I think Ware is going to be the bell cow, but I do think uh, Damian Williams will get carries, especially when week 16, week 17, because they'll need to rest Weir, because without him, there isn't a running game at all. Yeah. So I think um, for the sort of final, he is a handy handcuff to have if you have Spencer Ware. Agreed. Could not agree more. So with my wide receivers, I'm going to rattle through this. I am turning the ship about and I'm giving a double fire those cannons to the Buccaneers wide receivers. Fire up chips. First one's Adam Humphreys. He's 50% owned. Now, since the return of James Winston, Humphreys has been the most productive and consistent receiver in Tampa. Humphreys caught seven of nine targets for 61 yards and a touchdown. 
three straight games with catching touchdowns and <laughs> he's five in his last six. Five in his last six. Uh, Buccaneers specialist has pointed out a flaw in my write-up, which is fine because it makes it even better. Well, no, it's right as well. I'm yeah. just saying it's five. In his last, I'm making it better. Well, it could well be six or seven in his last seven because he takes on the Saints in what is going to be an absolute gunslinging matchup. Yeah. And then my second one is Chris Godwin. Now he's four percent less owned than Adam Humphreys at forty-six percent. Djax, he was missing, and Godwin went for one hundred and one yards and a touchdown. I think Djax misses again this week. And if he does, Chris Godwin averages one hundred yards exactly when Djax is not playing. That's a sample size of four games. Yeah, and bearing in mind that neither one of these receivers is going to line up against Marshawn Lattimore because he's going to be on Mike Evans. Yes. I tell you what, Rush Nation, if one of you could go out, add Humphreys and Godwin, play them both, and let us know how you get on at Five Yard Rush, do it for Murph, if nothing else. I just think they're both a great play. Um, again, Cameron Bray, great play. Mike Evans is going to be a great play. I think everyone's a great play. This is one of those games that everyone... You can get, I want shares of everyone in this game. Absolutely everybody. Uh, I don't care. I'll take the defences just for giggles. Because I think there's going to be picks. I think there's going to be turnovers. I think he's going to have everything. I can't wait. Wide receivers this week for me. Uh, Dante Pettis. I've come for another 49ers player. <laughs> 3% owned. But he has looked elite the last couple of weeks. So um, he's got 128 yards and two TDs. Which he got over Seattle. And in his last two weeks he's gained 205 yards and three touchdowns. Love that. So, huge, huge quality. He's by far the number one wide receiver ad this week. He's also probably a lot of people's number one, depending on what you need for position strength, for the waivers. I mean, and other than Kittle, there is no one to throw to. No, there isn't. Goodwin's <laughs> out. Gosson's out. And, and it's worth noting that um, the 49ers quarterback Nick Mullins threw for 400 yards. It wasn't a very productive 400 yards. But it doesn't matter if it's a fantasy. I keep talking about garbage yards. He had a ton of them. And they're paying off. And you know what? They're going to be in garbage time again. They're going to throw a lot of balls again. And they're going to get yards. This is all true. Dante Pettis is going to be a great start. 3% owned. Um, the other one for me is Curtis Samuel. Now, I've been talking about the Panthers being absolute trash. And they have been on a bit of a skid. But he did. And this is why I like Curtis Samuel. He's 17% owned. He led the team with 11 targets on Sunday. Caught 6 for 88. So... They use him in a lot of trick plays. He gets some rushing yards in there as well. Um, he scored in his last two, and there's a ton of injuries sort of really piling up there. So he's almost there by default now as the wide receiver one. They're going to throw a lot because they're 6-6. Six and six. They have to gamble to get into the postseason. They've got the Browns on Sunday, and I think it's a great matchup for him to get even more. If he's going to get 11 targets, I just love that production. I back him to get six, seven, and potentially a hundred yards again. Anyone that's getting that kind of target share, I want him on my team. Yep, no doubt. Now, tight end rush nation. Everybody knows who I'm going to pick, and it's Chris Herndon once again. Who? Chris Herndon. He's got 22 targets in his last four games. Which, that's mad. Yeah, considering he plays on the Jets, who are anything but jetting right now, he offers you a fairly safe floor in PPR leagues. Considering how sparse tight end market is. I just don't think... I think you can do worse like playing Trey Burton last week. <laughs> Which I did everywhere and he got me a goose egg. Cheers, pal. Yeah, Chris Herndon. Pick him up, Rush Nation. Murph, tight end. So, uh, Ian Thomas of Carolina. So he is Greg Olson's uh, replacement. He is owned by only his mother and his cousin. 
zero percent owned. So it's just those two people in the entire world that own Ian Thomas in leagues. So you know, at the end of the day, uh, he's pretty available. Um, do I think he's going to be an absolute stud? Probably not. But given how bad the Titan position is at the moment, he caught five for forty-six uh, in a little under three quarters. So I don't mind that if he can get an end zone trip in there, even better. Uh, Cam absolutely loves his tight ends, but as I sort of pointed out earlier in the show, he's struggling to throw the deep ball, which means as a result, he's going to go more across the middle. Ian Thomas is going to get some love. He needs to get in the end zone. That's the only question mark for me, but I quite like the speculative ad. He is well worth a punt. Who do you have at DST? So I've got two. Uh, I've got the Giants. Uh, Their next three games are the Redskins, the Titans, and the Colts. 3% owned. I love two of those matchups. Don't really love uh, the Colts in Week 16, but um, the Redskins are love. I've mentioned we've got Mark Sanchez, who doesn't know the playbook. They've got very little in terms of wide receiver talent in there. Um, they're struggling to get yards. Um, you know, you got they got Peterson. If you can stop the run, be good. Then I think you're you're going to have a good day. I think this D line is going to get some sacks. Um, it's going to be an interesting one to look at. But my absolute pick is the Tennessee Titans. They're 47% owned. Their next three are the Jags, the Giants, and the Skins. So the Jags, as we know, won a game 6 nothing. They've got Cody Kessler at quarterback. Um, the Giants, if you can stop the run of Saquon Barkley, then OBJ's going to have to throw the ball because Eli <laughs> can't. Um, and the Redskins, as we mentioned. So I really love that. I love that lineup for the fantasy playoffs. Um, I've got them everywhere. I picked them up a couple of weeks ago and stashed them. I'm looking forward to plugging and playing them over the next few weeks. Yeah, so I've got two. My first one is the New Orleans Saints. They're 46% owned. They are much better than they were in week one against the Buccaneers. And Jameis Winston, as Murph said earlier, what sort of world are we living in where he isn't throwing picks? I think he's due for one, maybe two. And if the Saints get up early, he's going to have to throw the ball and the Saints could well pick him. And my other one is the Buffalo Bills. They're only 30% owned. Four weeks ago, the Bills registered three sacks and two interceptions against the Jets. And now they play the Jets at home. I think they're going to up their numbers even more. And at only 30% owned are a good option. Yeah, I agree. Murph, let's do some stats. Yeah, just got a few here uh, to, to get through. Um, some interesting mix um, to back up some of the cases we've made. So, first of all, this that absolutely jumped off the page for me. Is that uh, Larry Fitzgerald has more career tackles than dropped passes. That's mad. <laughs> That is mad. That's what I mean. I don't have the exact numbers behind this. I tried to research it, but um, it turns out Larry Fitzgerald has played for quite a while, and that's <laughs> a lot of maths, which I don't mind doing, but it was a time thing. But it's still quite an impressive stat all the same. Um, this one is about Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers has completed um, or 55.3% of passes outside of the numbers, which is the highest amongst all the qualified QBs as a minimum threshold. So that's where he's having to scramble and throw on the run, which says that his O-line's pretty trash. Um, he's having to extend the plays. So the NFL average completion percentage of passes that are outside the number is under 60%. It's 59.1. Whereas the NFL average for completion percentage on just regular passes from the pocket or all other passes is 72.4%. Rogers is 28th in the NFL for completion percentage. At 61.8. That's stupid low. So part of that is his O-liner failing him. But the other part of that is 
that he's just not being Aaron Rodgers. 28% in passing completion percentage at 61.8 is just ridiculously low. And in the previous seasons, you'd look at that and go, that's not bad. That's about what Cam Newton does on average is about 60, 61%. But even he's up and around the, the mid to high 60s this season. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a historically bad stat for Rodgers and that could be part of the reason why McCarthy's lost his job. Oh, this next one is... This one's mental. So good. <laughs> so, Josh Allen in week 13, and there's a reason I didn't give you the rush yards, is because I wanted to save it for this. 135 yards he rushed in week 13. So, these are just some of the people that he beat. Todd Gurley, 132 yards. Saquon Barkley, 125 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 106 yards. Lamar Miller, 103 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 76 yards. Lamar Jackson, 75 yards. David Johnson, 69 yards. And Alvin Kamara, 36 yards. Oh, a couple of decent running backs there. Yeah, you know. Trounced on. <laughs> so basically, Josh Allen is, is an elite running back who is allowed to throw. That's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you could get him as an RB lineup. <laughs> uh, he, Maybe we could reach was... out to ESPN and say, look, can we have Josh yes. Allen as a running back? I'll pick him up. So it's interesting, and don't forget with the scoring of quarterbacks, that's particularly useful. Yes, sir. Todd Gurley has 43 rushing touchdowns since entering the NFL in 2015. So that is more rushing touchdowns than 13 teams in the league over that span, which is the Raiders, the Browns, the Jets, the Packers, the Jags, uh, the Colts, the Bucks, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Chargers, uh, the Dolphins, Texans, the Texans, and the Giants. <laughs> that's a lot that is a lot <laughs> my last one is just uh, for you Giants fans out there touchdown passes of 40 plus yards this season Odell Beckham Jr. 2 Eli Manning nil. I just had to put that in there no yeah fair Odell Beckham Odell Beckham Jr. owners are licking their lips at that stat yeah no doubt about it <laughs> right Rush Nation we are running slightly long today Murph and I have got to get out of here stat so Murph you've got a minute and a half for your winners and losers and your time starts now okay winner of the week Patrick Mahomes so where all the other MVP candidates this week really struggled Mahomes threw another four touchdowns so he needs 16 touchdowns now uh, in four games to get himself a lifetime supply of ketchup from Heinz and it will also beat the NFL record of Peyton Manning's which is 55 so he is slightly behind pace but very very doable uh, from his stats so it's whether or not he's allowed to play in that last week 17 game. That's what we'll wait and see on. Losers are the Panthers. Uh, Four-game losing streak. Um, firing coaching staff. They're making life very hard. They were shooing at the playoffs a month ago where they were 6-2. and two. Um, Now at 6-6, six and six, it's very, very difficult. They've still got to play the Saints twice. So their chances of making the playoffs are slimmer by the week. Um, the other loser of the week I have is officiating crews in the NFL. I think this has been the worst weekend as far as I can remember. Here are some of the things that happened. And I'm not going to go to all of them simply because I've got a minute and a half and also because it's just ridiculous. Um, the helmet-to-helmet hit on Kamara in the Cowboys-Saints uh, game was ridiculous. Peyton Barber scored a perfectly good touchdown that was ruled a fumble. Ridiculous. The Steelers game, if I was a Steelers fan, I probably would have turned the TV off. Um, it was ridiculous. They had a false start. That was missed. That led to a touchdown for the Chargers. There was a fumble that was missed. A block in the back that was missed. Um, and they also blocked a field goal to win the game. But it was ruled offside. And they lost the game. Oh. So re- absolutely ridiculous. The Bills as well. They were called for 13 penalties. 
Some of them weren't penalties, offsides, false starts. It was just ridiculous. Like some of the decisions, the holding calls that were, you couldn't even call them marginal. It was just a, a disgrace. When you've got games now that are playoff dependent, this is week one, it's fine. It's something you can fix as you're going forward. But we're in week 13 of the season. You did, people are going to miss the playoffs as a result. Like they need to sort this out because you can't have a game like the Steelers Chargers game um, going forward. Two minutes 15, not a bad effort, Squire. Right, Rush Nation, bear with me now because I'm about to go off in my minute and 45 seconds. So my winner this week is fantasy owners not playing in a week 14 bye. Really? A bye. I get the NFL having a bye for the top teams. You know, you've crawled your way to top spot. Your players deserve a week off while your opponents grind out that extra game. Yeah, sure. It works if you're an actual team with players being paid. But I'm not a real team. And my fantasy team is consistent of players from all around the league. Yeah, you know, I've got a good team. And why am I on bye? Why should a top two team just have to sit there? I don't even get a matchup. I just have to watch the rest of the league play while possibly some of my players who are actually still out there playing football for their real NFL teams on a bye. Yeah, if they get injured in my bye, brilliant. I didn't even use them when they got injured. I hate it. And let me tell you, commissioners of any leagues that I'm in with a week 14 bye, get rid of it. Just, just anyway, I'm going to stop. I'm probably running over. Hashtag first world problems. It is a first world problem. <laughs> and you're a commissioner of the league I'm in. Yeah. Well, all right. I've just I've had my I've, I've had my winner. Yeah. So well, that also was, I've got two losers because I don't understand four, how that's a winner. Well, anyone who's not playing in a week fourteen buy is a winner. Oh right, gotcha. Yeah. So two. I losers. thought having the buy was the winner, and then you ranted about it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm lost. You know, I told you, stay with me, Rush Nation. My loser. So my loser is apart from managers on fantasy <laughs> week fourteen buys are the Cincinnati Bengals. They're <laughs> They're terrible. And get this, they have not won a playoff game in 16 years under Marvin Lewis. They've been to the playoffs seven times and have not won. They've got one of the superstar wide receivers of our generation in AJ Green. The budding running back talent in Joe Mixon. Two complementary wide receivers in Tyler Boyd and John Ross. But what they don't have is a defence. They need a major overhaul in the upcoming free agency and draft. Not sure the red rifle Andy Dalton has got it anymore. He may call time. He might have one more season. And who can blame him? The coaches have all got to go. And Fresh Blood needs to come in to save the team. I mean, they've got a lot of promise. But they need to draft well. For me, I like the Bengals as an outfit. I like I like their uniform. I like their players. I, you like the uniform? Yeah, I do. I specifically like their white colour rush jersey. Um, but, you know, go deep in adding depth and maybe just maybe you can get yourself a playoff win I'd like to see it and they haven't done it in half my lifetime so far so what's to say they don't go half my lifetime again and yeah Hugh Jackson is not the answer for the Bengals that's a shame I'd like to see Hugh get another job just just because I feel like you need to have something that you can look at and think my life's not that bad and with that Rush Nation that is the end of this week's show (laughs) Murph and I are off to record some festivities for y'all on our Christmas special. Go find the podcast on all your favourite podcast apps. Follow us on Twitter at Five Yard Rush. Murph, I'm dropping the mic. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you. And Rush Nation, until next week, don't forget, keep rushing.
You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.